Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. For fans, by fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, I am in the Outer Banks for vacation, so I get on the phone and make some calls to Florida, to Baltimore, and even to Africa. Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, Max, Josh, and Bird, are ready to fly. Baltimore's best, Section 336, the number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Hey there, 336ers. Welcome to Section 336. Normally, Matt and Bert, and even me in the past, have had a nice long intro written up, but I'll tell you what, today's show is different, because if you noticed on Twitter or Instagram or any of those, I posted a picture earlier on Wednesday afternoon of the Section 336 uh, vacation studio, because I am down in the Outer Banks, which means it's me, and my family, and my parents and sister's families here, but no Matt, no Bert, no intern. So it's a little studio made for two. And two because later in the program we will get to the ball bag where I will bring my father in to get some of his thoughts on what's going on with Baltimore sports right now. But first, I want to tell you that last week we announced that the Trumbo Make Baltimore Great Again t-shirts would be at the Mother's Grill. And we said there was only one particular one that it would be at. Well, that little test run went well enough that you can now, starting this Friday, you'll be able to get the Trumbo Make Baltimore Great Again t-shirts at every Mother's locations. So go by there, pick up a shirt, support Mother's, support Trumbo, and let them know that Section 336 sent you. So today on the show, I am going to check in with Bert down in Florida, Matt in Africa, Brian Pinter, who is a contributor for O's Uncensored. But let's start off the show with a little talk about what the Orioles have been doing lately. So let's get Bert on the line and talk about the Orioles in Tampa, and now they're in New York. All right. Hey, Bert. How's things down in Florida, Disney? Hot. It is hot down here in Florida, Josh. Uh, it's high 90s. That's to be expected. But. You, you realize it's hot in Baltimore as well. Not that I'm in Baltimore, but Mandy woke me up this morning and said, be glad we're down here with a pool because back home the heat index is 117 or something like that. Yikes. Yeah. I know I come down here to Florida every summer and I feel like 
there are definitely periods where it's hot down here in Florida. It always is. But there are periods where it's hotter in Baltimore during those dog days of July and August than it is sometimes in Florida. And so it doesn't really bother me that much. Nonetheless, it's still hot. (laughs) I can see outside your window that it's nice outside, which means about 15 minutes until it's nice and stormy and gray in Florida for about 10 minutes. You're you're breaking up real breaking bad. Up. I can't understand what you're saying. This yeah, the, the, the internet, poor the, connection. The internet here. I might as well be in Africa. <laughs> I remember that being the case when uh, we were there last. Yeah, is it? I think it, that's that's when we went over our data usage that month. Yeah, and I got T-Mobile, and you know how T-Mobile is awesome back home. It sucks here. Did I lose you? Yeah, I didn't get any of I didn't I didn't get any of what you just said. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, the internet here is horrible. So since the internet's so bad, let's just jump straight into Oriole talk. Okay, speaking, no problem. Speaking of bad, I mean, it's been a, it's been an ugly road series. It started out with two wins in Tampa, and we thought, all right, this is a good good little series. Right after the All Star break, we won the series, but lost the sweep. And now we're five games after the All-Star break. We've scored a total of 10 runs, and we've won two games. What am I supposed to take from all of this? Yeah, it's, it's been a disaster. I mean, maybe not a disaster. A disaster would have been like losing five straight. But still, two and three is not good. When we won the first two right out of the All-Star break in Tampa, like you said. Like, I was feeling great. I was like, there is no better way to come out of the All-Star break than to win the first two games, potentially sweep the series. Like, you couldn't ask for anything more. Then they went with the uh, science experiment starting Dylan Bundy on Sunday, which wouldn't, wasn't so much of a disaster in that at, well, we, we allowed four runs that yeah. game. Well, well, let's stop there because you called it sure. a science experiment. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if it, I would classify a science experiment as much as a we ran out of options. And you need to put a guy on there that actually can throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. Is that what they call it? You guys, I think, talked about it on last week's show, like a piggyback start where the, you know Bundy's only going to go maybe three innings, but then they were real quick to put in who uh, Worley after him? Yeah, yeah, that would be a piggyback. Gotcha. Now, the, the, um, the problem with Bundy's start was a lot of fastballs and four solo home runs. Yeah, yeah. Or one two-run home run. All right, fine. Was, he gave three, three home runs. runs but yeah. One was a two run. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was almost torn once I had heard. We had new fruit Friday morning that Bundy was going to start that game on Sunday. Why didn't and you I'm, go? I, I know. I'm like an hour and a half from Tampa, from St. Pete. Uh, I, it definitely crossed my mind to just hop in the car and go down and catch Dylan Bundy's first career start in person. Um, Did you go to Disney instead? I, we did. I think we went of to course. Epcot that day. Of course. <laughs> we opted for Epcot that day. And and actually now in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't drive down there because it wasn't a very good game. Um, it would have just been like a notch in my belt loop to say I uh, I attended Bundy's first career start. Right, but that, right. That may not be worth a whole lot in the long run. Um, yeah, these these past two against the Yankees, uh, they they've – I haven't been watching them, but I've been catching the updates on my phone and catching the pitch by pitch. Oh, I've know, watched what's them. going on there. Yeah, they, they've been frustrating. Uh, I feel bad for you. <laughs> Lots of men what, on what, base. Yeah, what was it? Tuesday night, bases loaded with one out, and uh, you know the the Yankees bring in some no name relief pitcher who strikes out Trumbo and it strikes out Scope. It, it doesn't matter who is on there throwing the ball. Dylan Bundy could be pitching, and we would not be hitting the ball. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a definitely a, a, a rough patch, a slump. The bats are cooled off right now. Uh, Weeders has a sore foot. Is that right? Yeah, he took a, a, a pitch off off the foot. Thankfully, nothing's broken, and he's just sore, so he missed yesterday's game. As we record this on Wednesday afternoon, hopefully he is back in the lineup today because Caleb Joseph it, can't hit the ball. Yeah, Joseph is terrible right now uh, offensively, and uh, Chris Davis is puking up his lungs or something. He's, he's yeah. sick. Yeah, apparently he had to be in the hospital uh, for at least one night as they tried to get him back in fluids to try to get him get this system through him. Apparently Matt Weeders had the same flu during the All-Star break, so it's unfortunately going through the clubhouse. So it's kind of a question of when do we get Davis back and who's next? Yeah, who's next? Seriously. Well, if anybody can be next, maybe it can be like Caleb Joseph or uh, one of these guys that can't manage to hit the ball. See, you don't understand yesterday. You weren't paying attention. We had a game yesterday, last night, with the Yankees. Uh-huh. Where Caleb Joseph was catching and Ryan Flaherty was at first base. Yeah, I, I if, saw the lineup. If Caleb Joseph took a nasty hit again, Ryan Flaherty was going to have to move from first base to catcher. We didn't uh, have it. At that point, Ryan was the backup catcher. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's crazy. And even the fact that, you know, when these two guys go down um, at the same time with talking about Weeders and Davis, and, and now Kim is officially on the d- disabled list. Is yeah, that right? yeah, he's on the 15-day disabled list, back, back dated to the 11th, I believe, before the All-Star break. So I think he yeah. can come out like the 26th. Okay, so maybe they are expecting him to be fine in just a few days, but uh, they just need the roster spot or something? Yeah, they, I mean, obviously he's, they're not expecting him to be ready this, by this weekend, and they need, they need if he's not there, they need someone on the bench, especially when they're losing guys like Davis and Weeders on these one, two-day injuries. Yeah, yeah, it, it stinks. You know, you got studs like Machado and Trumbo and, Dave, and Jones still in the lineup, but those are still some big empty shoes that you're having to fill with scrubs like Joseph, who I'm sorry, is playing like a scrub. And Flaherty and uh, and even Rymold, you know these guys are not dependable. You need those bats in the lineup. Otherwise, our our star hitters are are kind of exposed. There's they can pitch around our good bats, so to speak. Now I will say Ryan Flaherty has done a decent job filling in for for Chris Davis. You you can't yeah. you can't fill in for Chris Davis because those are some huge. Uh, Huge shoes to fill, but he's doing a admirable job, and he's showing why he's on this team because he can play all those positions, and at least your team doesn't fall apart. Yeah, but again, it, he shouldn't. It stinks when you have to depend on him to, for back-to-back games. Right, you know, right. A spot start here and there when somebody's sick is fine, but but this is no good. Um, you know, we got two more games against the Yankees here on Wednesday night. Yeah, and no. uh, we're recording right now on Wednesday afternoon. And then a day game on Thursday, yep. tomorrow, 1 p.m. Um, tonight is Gallardo against Michael Pineda. And I don't I don't have a lot of confidence, Josh, to be honest. I feel like it, we're at a spot where uh, Tillman, we're going to rely on Tillman to be the stopper to end what might be a four-game losing streak going into Thursday. Yeah, and, and the good thing is we can count on Tillman for tomorrow. The, 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 uh, question, the question is today, and yes, but the problem is, all right, so we talked about the Orioles have scored 10 runs in the last five games. We know these, yeah. this Orioles squad is the type that can put up 10 runs in one game. So the bats, Absolutely. The bats are going to be back. 
The question is, will they be back tonight? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. Um, in fact, if we if we go on to lose on Wednesday night, the last time we won was when Tillman started five days ago. So, uh, yeah, that, that that's not a good thing. Uh, Michael Patanda is not having a great record this year, but he has been a lot better in his most recent starts. So, you know, he might be on an upswing, and that's not a good time for our slumping bats to be facing a pitcher who's uh, turning it around a little bit. Yeah. But it, yeah, this team, that's the reason we had the luxury of win of a few seven-game winning streaks, that we can struggle a little bit. But this week has been ugly. It's been ugly because we had a chance to kind of knock the Yankees out of it, and, and instead mm-hmm. we're, we're giving them hope that they have a chance, as well as Boston's catching up as we record Boston's a half game behind us. So there's a good chance they pass us tonight. Yeah, it's hard to believe what we we were as much as six games ahead at one point. Yeah, Is that that's crazy that that we've slid that much. Um, you know, th- there's got to be. It it seems like the consistency is uh, either with the bats are hot and the pitching is terrible, or the pitching is the pitchers the pitching has never been hot, but it's been like acceptable, and then the bats cool down, and and you know these. Going into uh, what could be our fourth straight loss, the the pitching hasn't been atrocious. Atrocious, like uh, Tuesday night they gave up seven runs to the Yankees, but that's the most they've given up. A couple games where they gave up two runs, a couple games where they gave up one run. Yeah, when Gosman um, pitched, we lost two to one. That's not acceptable for this squad. Exactly. Yes, uh, against Ivan Nova. Um, yeah, not cool. And. Uh, I mean, we were fortunate on Saturday. Tillman pitched a gem, but the only two runs we scored was a J.J. Hardy two-run homer. Right, um, right. Other than that, no no manufactured runs, you know, nothing to write home about. Um, no. So. A good little flash that we might be able to – we might see uh, good Hardy coming out. <laughs> so good Hardy is I'm all way, about some good Hardy. Good Hardy is <laughs> way better than the, the, the ugly Hardy. So I, I'm hoping we get to see that. Um and yeah, and we've got Cleveland coming to town this weekend, so that's going to be a tough series as well. No doubt. Uh, I'm pulling up Cleveland's record. They're still in first place. Yep. Uh, they're in first place by six and a half games going into Wednesday night, 55 and 38. Um, their pitching is, I've heard rumblings that their starting pitching is the best in the American League right now. Yeah, and uh, last week on the show, I proposed that we try to trade with Cleveland to get the oldest guy in their starting rotation. Because they've got a such a good pitching squad that they've got guys still in the minors that could come up and make a difference. That that, right, that right. starting pitching is definitely their advantage, and uh, the only good thing is that we're playing them in Baltimore, and our bats do tend to show up at home. Absolutely, yeah, it'll be a good home series. Hopefully, um, three games this weekend, and uh, you know I always have to mention this. I'm. I'm pretty sure all three of them are pretty good giveaways too, right? They got a hat day. They got a Jim Palmer jersey giveaway day. Well, uh, do they? I'm not familiar. I do know I keep seeing the hat day, which is Friday night. And then yeah. it's a bat and practice cap on Saturday. Hey, and then Sunday when I'm going to the game because it's a kids club game. So I'll be out there. They're giving away the 66 Jim Palmer replica jerseys to the first 20,000 fans. Nice. Get, get there early, guys. I guess I got to get there early. Skip church. Yeah, yeah, I'll skip church. That, <laughs> hey, that, the girls will be happy. They can finally get in the face painting line and it not be at 20,000 people deep. Yeah, there you go. It's, yep. Uh, we'll, 
we'll still be at Disney World for a while. <laughs> yeah. I've got this later in the ball bag today, but I do want to talk about, because the other thing that's going on this weekend on Saturday is the State of the Oriole event, which is where the fans, the season ticket holders, get to ask Duquette and Buck questions about the team. Okay. Interesting. Okay. They do that at the yard? Yeah, they do it at the yard before the game. Uh, they open up the gates at 3, and then season ticket holders can come in, and they won't open to the general public till 5. They do autograph sessions and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, I can't make it this year, but I think there's going to be some pretty fun questions. So <laughs> later in the ball bag, I want to talk about what some of those questions might be. Well, yeah, especially if uh, we can't turn it around here these next few games against the Yankees and Cleveland. Yeah, the, the fans can be uh, a little ticked off. So with those ticked off fans, what type of questions do you think they'll even get to ask? And how can you explain like that you don't have a farm system that you can trade? Right, right. Yeah, the only trade chips would be that are worth anything are our veterans and our, our stars. And we're not, they're, not, uh, they're not available. Sorry. Yep, yep. I proposed that we trade Matt Wieters, and surprisingly, I didn't get much feedback from that uh, last week with people upset, but I think that's the guy to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did I did hear that, uh, and uh, I thought you guys did a great job last week. Shout-outs to Corey and to Ryan, and to you, Josh. You did a good job uh, yeah, reeling was, everybody in last week without me or Matt there. It was it was fun to have some, uh, some new guys in, and... Uh, yeah, do a show with some guys that I've never done a show with before, so it was fun. So. Yeah, and they, they sounded like they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, I know i got to get you out because you got to head back to Disney. Where, which, which park are you going to today? We are going to the Animal Kingdom tonight. Yeah, it should be fun. It's the first time the park is actually going to be open into the evening. Uh, they started that this year. It used to close at like 4 or 5 every day, but now it's going to be open until 11, so... Should be fun. Oh, so you get to see the animals sleep. Are they- <laughs> yeah, or or the ones that actually come out at night. Maybe right. I don't know. Like any crocodiles? Is there? Isn't there a new like Ooh. swim with the alligators exhibit or something? Uh, yeah, that's still like a touchy subject to, around Disney World. I think. Oh, uh, you don't uh, you don't want to bring that they up? Still, yeah, they still have alligators there. Uh, especially at Animal Kingdom, they have them there, but I don't think they're like acknowledged as much. Or they don't make jokes about how they might snatch up your children. See, see, they're handle- Disney, you're handling it wrong. You need to bring out Captain Hook and have him waving his, his hook around and just make it a fun game. That's what <laughs> Disney's about. They should just have, like, you hear TikTok, TikTok, TikTok exactly. as you pass the exhibit. <laughs> you know, if, 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 if they would just put little speakers around their lake with a little TikTok sound, that would tell my children, don't go near the water. They could never sneak up on you. Exactly right. how the TikTok croc is always trying to sneak up on Captain Hook. That, that's an if, even, uh, even better idea. Don't put speakers in the water. Tag the uh, alligators with little Bluetooth speakers. I'd, I'd be all for that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of thinking you should tag more things with speakers, but we'll have to figure that out another day. It's, it's some other poor child will have to lose his life in order for that to happen, and then that's a shame. Yep, yep. So, all right, we'll have, have, have a good time at the Animal Kingdom and keep an eye on your kids. I absolutely will. And if you get to talk to Matt, tell him I said hello. I'm, I'm hoping Matt's going to call in next. Never smile at a crocodile. No, you can't get friendly with a crocodile. 
by his welcome grin. He's imagining how well you'd fit within his skin. Never you know, whenever at a crocodile, never tip your hat and stop to talk. And when he's down there in Disney World, you just you don't know. So it's great that he is able to still keep up with the O's, uh, even if he's not watching the games. But I'm glad that we were able to check in on him, and I think we're going to do that continually every few weeks as he also takes off his time down in Florida right now. But there's the big interview. The bigger interview is coming up. And that let's get to that right now as we check in with Matt down in Africa. <laughs> It's time for Africa. So how, how's it going? Yeah, I think, think things are great here. It's uh, it's uh, it's a beautiful. I'm on top of a hill overlooking miles of endless green hills with villages on top of the hills it's it's serene it's peaceful uh it's great here that's that's cool i would i would give you an update on the orioles but it's not been so great the past five days yeah i I, i'm able to check the box score so i feel like a a fan from like i don't know like the 1970s before hts uh just checking the box scores every day but i'm sure oriole fans are excited the Orioles are still in first place uh even since i left and, yeah. and this, I don't even feel bad leaving because this, all these games really don't matter. You know it's going to come down to August and September, and I'll be back home for that. Right, right, right. That's what I, I posted uh, somewhere earlier today, that you guys, you'll be back around the same time Bert's back from Florida. You guys are going to be back just in time for the playoff push. Yeah, yeah. And so what's the, uh, so, but I'm, I, I checked the box scores, but I have no idea what's going on. Did, like, is Jimenez, is he, is he still on the team? You know. And what's the, what's the big stories with the Orioles right now? No, no one knows what's up with Jimenez. He's still on the team. There's been no real sign of him since the All-Star break. Um, this, the start. Is he sitting in the bullpen out there or what? Oh, I didn't pay enough attention to the game. I assume he is sitting out in the bullpen. Yes. So he's a long man, I guess. Yeah, he's a long man because we've taken our long man, and Dylan Bundy and Vance Worley both got their both got starts the past few days. Yeah, yeah I saw that Dylan Bundy and Vance Worley are, are both starting, which is weird. How did Dylan Bundy look in his first start? He looked okay. He threw a bunch of fastballs, and uh, he gave up three home runs, two solos, and then a, a two-run home run. So he gave up four runs, and it... Uh, Kind of went on a streak where the Orioles are just not scoring runs. The past five games, they've scored a total of ten runs. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, is Dylan Bundy? Is he going to be an every fifth, fifth, uh, every fifth day kind of guy, or is is was it just a spot start? No, he is starting again this Friday, so he is now in the rotation. How come? How come? Um, how come the Orioles haven't traded for another pitcher yet since we're starting? Dylan Bundy and Vance Worley. Well, that's that's a What's lot of the talk. I mean, the farm system hasn't changed since you left. The question is, what do you trade? Yeah, but you, you're not going to, if you're the Orioles, you're not trading for a number two starter. You're trying to get a number five starter. And yeah. certainly you have enough in your farm system to get someone else's number five starter just so you don't have to start Vance Worley. Yeah, and I, 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 think, I think that's a, a question we, we've been wondering. 
and asking. And uh, you know Dan Duquette doesn't like to be early on anything, so we'll have to see. Hey, I got a message, and, and this is I, – I can't even barely focus on Arnold's when I, I heard that uh, uh, Kevin Durant signed with Golden State too. That's that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that I forgot you missed that. I still can't believe that. Yeah, yeah, that uh, I, that I just I just got the message from Dad, and I I didn't even I wasn't able to go to ESPN to verify or anything, so I, I assume it's true. But that's a crazy story. Yeah, that happened a couple weeks ago. That that's a, a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. So now now the big news the big news around here around here as in America yeah. is is do you know what Pokemon Go is? I have no idea. No, <laughs> that's the app that's driving America crazy right now. Where you remember Pokemon as a kid? Sure, Pokemon is Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, Jigglypuff. Yeah, so it's a app where you walk around in real life, and like based on your GPS coordinates, it'll tell you if you're near Pokemon, and then you point your phone at it, and you can capture Pokemon. Oh, you see this? You see, I hear stories like that, Josh, and I think I might extend a seven-week trip to to like a seven-year trip when I hear stories like I, that. I I agree with is you. That, that's not something I miss. I know. I totally know you won't. People are uh, falling off cliffs, running their cars into objects, and running into people to try to catch invisible imaginary Pokemon. Nice. Nice. This is the greatest country that the world has ever seen. And hey, this, is, this is what we're doing with it. Hey, uh, I know you've been teaching uh, English and all. Have you gotten a chance to uh, visit like the village you lived in years ago and, or anything yet? What's that? I'm sorry. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Uh, uh, just tell me more about your trip. Have you gotten to visit your the village where you uh, where you taught before, or how's teaching going? Yeah, yeah. actually, last weekend, I was able to go back to the village that Emily and I lived at for, for, for a year, which was an incredible experience, because I would walk down the village, and people would recognize me, and I would start conversations with old women who I have no idea who they were, but they were very excited to see me. I saw some old students. In fact, I'm teaching at the college now. And four of my high school students that I taught in high school are now at the college, which is awesome to see. And they're speaking great English and they're doing really well in college, which is great to see because sometimes, you know, you you are in the village for a year and then you leave and you wonder if, if they'll stick with it or if, if, if it really mattered. But then when you see kids now in college uh, and doing well in college and we were able to meet and hang out again uh, after six years and it's a very, it's a very cool thing. Like, I don't know. I, even people at the high school, the other teachers, um, even the students knew who I was, even though I never taught any of them. It's a really cool thing. I mean, I leave, I leave any school in America for six years and come back, and no one will recognize me. But here, the whole village recognizes me, uh, partly because of my skin color. Uh, but it's it was it was a very it was a very cool experience to go back to the village. And here is great. The people of Tanzania are the most amazing people in the world. So it's uh, it's, it's just it's just a lot of fun. So, so, a lot of fun. so it's. I guess you can actually see that you're making an impact. Where teaching in America, you know you're making an impact, but you're not told it every day. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, <laughs> there's a lot more room to grow with these kids too, because they really haven't gotten great education and great teaching skills. Um, and so, even just being here, what I think I've been here for five weeks now, or something like that, or four, four or five weeks. Even now, like, I've seen tremendous growth even just the five weeks, partly because they're starting kind of so low, even at the college level. 
but also because they're just uh, excited and motivated to to be here. And so, yeah, I'm teaching at a teacher's college, so hopefully these kids will all go and teach. Uh, next year, they'll go to a bunch of VST schools and teach at other schools, um, so hopefully improving all of the schools and, and providing better teachers for all the schools in the area. Uh, so, so yeah, it's going, it's going really well. Yeah, that's great. Any near-death experiences yet? No, no near-death experiences. But uh, the I'm 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 I have I think I have like three weeks left here. I don't know. I don't keep track. But I was just talking to um, the guy who runs it, Steve uh, Vinton, and he he told me that he has some people flying in the the day before I fly out, and he wants me to spend the day with them, um, kind of talk to them about VST, and he wants me to take them to Bongoyo Island, the island that I got lost <laughs> on. And so I was like, Steve, I can do this, but are you sure you want me to be the guy to take him to this island and, and, and be the tour guide on this island? I'm not sure if that's the best choice. Right. So we'll see how this goes. I, I, I would suggest keeping your phone on you and anything else with the GPS in it near you. Yeah, I'm staying. I'm staying. Uh, I'm staying right on the beach. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. Everyone's staying on the beach, and we're all going to just not explore the forest at all. Uh, now, I, I final question, and then I'll let you go because I know you've got things to do in Africa. But I wanted to ask you: This week is the RNC convention, so I know you'd be all excited if you were back here about Donald Trump. So, are people in Africa? Do they talk about Donald Trump? Is there like this concept? Oh, of, my. of Donald Trump's going to be our next yeah. president? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they 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 love it. Like they were, it was more last time because they were when I was here six years ago. Like they're obsessed with President Obama. Like they 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 love him here for obvious reasons. There's some uh, connections to to Kenya, which is right near Tanzania. Um, the fact that he's African American, but but with with Trump, like they they follow American politics. So I've been asked multiple times, <laughs> not not about Clinton, but multiple times about Donald Trump and my thoughts on Donald Trump. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, and so they, I mean, they, they, American news and American politics is world news and world politics. So, so very much so they are always asking about Donald Trump and, and, and like they know it too. Like they'll say, so what about Donald Trump? And then they'll laugh. Like, like they know it's like they, kind of a, they know he's a, a fun joke. thing to joke about Donald Trump. Right. That's funny. Oh right. yeah. So it's, it's, it's not just a joke in America. It's a joke around the world. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for checking in with me and Section 336. And uh, st stay safe. Hey, hey, I got one yeah, question. you got one more question? I wanted to ask you right. before you let me go. Yeah, go. I, was, I haven't been able to because I got a, a megabyte problem where I buy internet by the megabytes. And to download the podcast or any podcast yeah, are too many it megabytes. Money. And I, sure. I don't want to spend the money. Yeah, so how was the – so I haven't listened to any of the shows since I've been gone. Have the fill-in hosts been, been doing an adequate job? Has – has the show gone on? Has there been some lack of stuttering that has caused people to turn off their their our phones and turn off the podcast? How's the show? Uh, how the show's been? The show's been going well. We had one awkward. Uh, Bert and I recorded over Skype that we weren't too happy with, but we didn't get too many complaints. And then uh, Bert and I Skype did, never works. I could tell you that. Yeah, Bert and I never did anything. Bert and I then did uh, an episode in studio. We then had. Corey from Oh the Anthem and Ryan Blake filled in for a week, and they uh, they filled no, in for you and Bert, and we did a show together that weren't, was uh, was real fun last week. And I've got some uh, 
I've got some guests over the next couple of weeks that the shows the show is uh chugging along and uh working out okay. It, we're All right, we're good. having well, fun making the best of it while you're in Africa. Yeah, yeah, well, well, that's good. And we're I guess the shows have been alright since I've been gone, but now this is this sounds like it's going to be a disaster because we've always said the things that makes our, our, our show great part of the thing is that we're all together just hanging out. Now we have freaking me in Tanzania. You're in, in North Carolina. Bert's in Florida. No one's in Baltimore where the actual action is happening and where our team is playing. So th- this is sure to be some great entertaining podcasts. Hey, the, t- the team is not in Baltimore, and I will be back when the team is back. They're, they've enough. been on the road. And we do have the intern holding down the fort. Intern is, I announced earlier in the show that uh, you've been gone, and you know our Trumbo shirts? Yeah, sure. Right? We launched the Trumbo shirt while you were still in town, and they are now available at Mother's. And uh, last week, we did a test run at one Mother's location, at the Broadneck Grill location, and it did well enough that starting Friday, the Trumbo shirt is available at every Mother's location in Maryland. Nice. Well, I think that that shirt's getting more and more popular because... Um, at first, it was kind of a joke, but I think now people are seriously considering him to be the best option for President of the United States. Yeah, I am thinking of getting a Trumbo banner and putting it out in the front yard. Oh, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Confused the neighbors a little bit. But the, I say that because the intern is back home representing us and hopefully delivering those shirts to all the mother's locations so that uh, people can go and get their own, own uh, shirt this weekend. All right, well, that's, that's good to hear. It's good to hear that the, the show and things are plugging along here without me. You just have to put up with me for about three more weeks without me, uh, and then 336ers will have the endearingly stuttering Matt Soroka back week in and week out. Right, but as you said, this is the dog days of the baseball season, and we got through the ugly all-star uniforms, and now we can uh, get through a few more weeks, and then it's that playoff push that you'll be back for. Absolutely. I actually have no clue or idea what you said in the past 10 seconds, but I assume we're wrapping this interview up. We are wrapping so this interview up, and I'm letting you go. <laughs> have, have a good week, Mark. Right. We'll see you in a few weeks. And there you guys have it. For the first time in Section 336 history, we have spoken with someone uh, from Africa. Matt is now in Tanzania as he's doing some uh, mission work, working, teaching English at a university down in Tanzania uh, in a small village with very little internet or uh, ways to communicate. So it was cool that he had a little bit of time that we could get in that little update from him. So next, it's time to take it to bring it back to Baltimore. And as I mentioned at the top, we're going to now talk to Brian Pinter. He is a contributor for O's Uncensored, as well as he's got his own blog that I'll mention in a minute. And he wrote an article this week after Corey, on last week's episode, mentioned Melvin Mora and Jonathan Scope. Both were number six, but is there really anything to the comparison of the two of them? All right, joining me now on the phone is Brian Pinter. 
He is a contributor for O's Uncensored, and he has his own blog, allaboutheos.wordpress.com, which you can go check out. He writes a bunch of blogs about the Orioles and how they're doing, and he went ahead and followed up on something that came up on Section 336 last week because we don't normally follow up, but he took it on his own when the Corey made the comparison last week of Melvin Mora and Jonathan Scope. So, Brian, welcome to Section 336. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Now, I'm I'm glad. I was glad to see your post. One because you followed up, and we don't do that. And two, you you started it with with praise in section three thirty six. So that guarantees that you get on the show. <laughs> Absolutely, there was uh, no intention of that whatsoever. Just honestly, had to put you guys out there, and you know, let everybody that happens to check out my blog know that. You know, there is a uh, a great podcast out there for Orioles fans by Orioles fans, and and that's what's the best part about it is. Now, now let's let's talk a little bit about one of the guys who's been the most exciting to watch this year, Jonathan Scope. He, yes, uh, sir, man, uh, right? We got the hashtag Scope is Dope going around Twitter. Everyone's excited for oh. Scope. We have seen him make a big step forward this season. Which Absolutely. made Cor- so Corey made the reference to Melvin Mora and 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 you just you ran with it. I did, I did. You know, I, I was listening in, and um, you know, I thought to myself as soon as Corey had stated that you know that that scope reminds you so much of Melvin Mora, I thought to myself, you know, man, he's right. You know, he really does give you the 2016, um, almost the 2016 complete version of Melvin Mora. You know, just the way that he plays the game altogether is just so reminiscent of Mora, and he plays it with such a, a big smile on his face. It doesn't matter if, if the O's are down 10 to 1 or, or you know, if they're up 3 to 2, you know, Jonathan Scope is he's going to give you the same 110% effort that Melvin Mora used to give from 2000 and 2010 on. You know, it, it's almost, I don't want to say exactly identical, um, because there are some contrasting statistics between the two. Um, however, it's it's just just enough resemblance to make you think, man, this guy, even with the number, just looks like Mora. Yeah, and and for me, when he said that, it's the it's the smile and the joy of being on the baseball field that that is the biggest uh, remembrance and and kind of nod to Melvin Mora for me. Mora, Mora and Scope were both born in similar parts of the world, but they took different kind of routes to get to the majors. And Mora, I know, took longer to get to where we remember him as an Oriole. What did you find statistically uh, similar with the two guys? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned, first off, there that they were born in two different parts of the world. When you think about where they were born, you know, more in Venezuela and, uh, and Scope and Carousel, um, they're only about 118 miles apart, which when you really think about it, if you're driving down the road to Ocean City, you know, if you go from Baltimore or Camden Yards to just a little outside of Salisbury, you know, that's, that's about the length of uh, how, how far apart the Moore and Scope were born. So that's about yeah very, um, very similar yeah. areas what's that so, so a similar part of the world oh absolutely yeah similar part of the world indeed um and uh you know in both Mora and scope they were free agents uh when they were drafted you know but like you said Mora did spend some time a little bit longer down in the uh, in the minors uh Mora was signed in 91 and he actually didn't make his big league debut um, until 1997, he was released by the Astros, uh, signed by the Mets in 98. Ten years later, that's when Jonathan Scope uh, was signed by the Orioles, which is actually crazy to think about there. 
um, more than 11 league, uh, 11 seasons down in the minors, um, where he totaled 33 home runs. Um, looks like Jonathan Scope. Um, he was about six years in the minors here from what I'm seeing. Uh, yep, six league, uh, six years in the minors. Um, but Scope didn't have as many home runs as Melvin Moore. He was 17 home runs. Um, I'm sorry. Scope had 17 more home runs than Melvin Moore did. Uh, he had 50, so. Uh, the Orioles kind of knew what they were getting there. They, they had hoped for some power, and uh, and they, they got it. I mean, so far this season, Jonathan Scope, he's at 16 home runs with massive total from 2014, and uh, there's still about 60-some games left to go. So, you know, we're definitely going to see a 20-home run season from uh, from Jonathan Scope this year. Yeah, he's he's making that big step, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and it's it's fun to watch and fun to watch uh, how much basically he and Machado have a whole lot of fun together on the field. And I think that is what ends up truly reminding people of, of, of Melvin Mora is a good defender with a good bat. That was just fun and enjoyed baseball. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you had said uh, you brought uh, Manny Machado in because if you compare the uh, the handshake uh, from Machado and Scope to Moore and Brian Roberts, it's a little different the way that they perform it out, but uh, you can tell that they're having fun out there on the field. So, so you're saying uh, Melvin Moore and Brian Roberts had a similar handshake? Oh, they had a little it coordinated was, handshake? It was definitely coordinated after a victory. Um, they would do a little flap, flap, backhand slap right there by the second base, uh, by the second base bag and um, it was definitely hard to learn, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I believe that got immortalized in the bobbleheads of Melvin Mora and uh, and what's his name? Brian Roberts. Brian Roberts, right? Yeah, I've got the I've got two of the Brian Roberts: the mistakenly dark-skinned Brian Roberts half, and then the more normal white-skinned uh, Brian that's Roberts. Right. I'm missing the Melvin Mora side. Yeah, the uh, my Brian Roberts is missing his hand. Uh, he took a spill. <laughs> yeah, little, little too hard on the high fives. So, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for uh, looking into that Melvin Mora comparison for us. Now that we're at the second half for the Orioles season, what do you, uh, what are you expecting? I mean, we, we all know the pitching is the problem. Do you think the Orioles are going to make a move? Um, honestly, it would not surprise me if the Orioles didn't make a move. Um, coming into the Sunday's game, I had the thought in the back of my mind that, all right, well, here we go. Um, Dylan Bundy is going to be the move that the Orioles make, and, you know, they don't have to give anything up. But uh, it may have been just a little too soon for Bundy to get out there on the mound to start a game um, and go only going three, uh, I believe it was three innings, uh, giving up three home runs. Um, he'll have his time, uh, but right now I don't think it's going to be that time. Uh, but he's still going to get a start, so he'll probably have a few more starts. But as for the rest of the squad this second half, um, like I said, I don't see any moves coming, um, but I definitely still think that the offense is going to carry this team. Um, will they carry them into the playoffs? It's a good question. Um, it's a question that a lot of people could think absolutely. Look at look at the way that uh, the Trumbo is hitting, but statistically, he's a he's a first half guy. He does cool off in the second half. Um, but I'm just hoping that uh, first off, Davis gets over the flu um, and he can start putting the bat to the ball again. That would be nice. Um, but I'm also hoping that guys uh, like Kim Su Kim can uh, can come back and contribute the way that he was in the first half. Um, guys like Jonathan Scope can continue to contribute and uh, take a few more pitches here and there. Uh, and that Manny Machado can also, you know, keep smacking the ball around these parts and uh, and show these guys that he is worth that 
the $300 million contract that he's going to get here in a couple of years. Yeah, and right after him might be Jonathan Scope, the next guy in line that's going to need an extension. Absolutely, absolutely. And I can see that happening for sure, definitely. And uh, and it all kind of falls in line as well. You know, if you sign Scope, you know, that's giving yourself a better chance to bring Manny back as well. Yeah, they do enjoy playing uh, baseball together as they have for many, many years at different levels. So thank you, Brian, for uh, joining us on Section 336 and uh, for doing a little research for us on Melvin Mora and Jonathan Scope. No problem at all. Thank you guys for having me, uh, and, uh, and go O's. Ball back, ball back, ball back, ball back, my friend. Hey, ball back. How you doing? What's your name again? It's ball back. All right, so as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, for the ball bag this week, I would have my dad sit down with some questions about Baltimore sports. So welcome again. This time no one died. Hey, I'm, I'm even happier to be here based upon that, uh, that issue. That's good. So before we talk Orioles, because there's lots of questions with Orioles, we're just going to get to a few now, but I wanted to ask you about Justin Tucker because he just signed a big deal. Six, uh, four years, sixteen point eight million, ten point eight million guaranteed. First off, are you happy with that deal for a kicker? Uh, happy probably is not the right word. Um, you know, every time, and just let me put Justin Tucker aside. Every time I think about these contracts and the size of them, uh, I'm drawn back to the old days of the Baltimore Colts when players worked. Uh, in the off season as grocery baggers, as lawn care people. And it was so easy for Baltimoreans to identify with those players because of that. They were part of the community. Nowadays, these numbers are so abstract. I mean, think about it. If you make $40,000 a year, you're going to have to work 30 years, your lifetime, 30 years, to get $1.2 million in gross salary. And these players walk in, talented as they are, and they command, and in Tucker's case, he actually did that. He commanded that type of salary. And I think we all love Justin Tucker. Uh, I, he even sings good, but and he kicks even better than he sings. But, you know, I, I just I, I lament this type of salaries that we're paying, and yet I'm part of the problem because I will watch them. I will pay to see them. So I guess I don't have a right to complain about them, but nevertheless, I, I tend to do that. But but they make that money because the industry makes that much money. If they weren't giving it to the players, then it'd be all the owners pocketing the same amount of money. Yes, agreed. It's just sooner or later, and we've always said this, and I, I guess it's never going to happen in my lifetime, probably never will, where the cost doesn't equal the benefits, that, 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 it, that the cost becomes so prohibited. Thankfully, you have these big TV contracts and cable contracts to offset that because the fans can't cannot bear that cost alone but nevertheless the cost is becoming pretty excessive to take your family to sporting events and 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 therefore i'm part of the problem because i'm still paying those those rates but the players are saying the same thing that they need more money because of the cost of the the pain it's it's causing on their bodies now that we know more and more about long-term effects agreed agreed and and i don't begrudge them in that point i begrudge the entire system 
and and I think we failed to realize that as fans, we hold the key to their compensation. If we didn't go to games, if we didn't watch them, the TV advertisements would not be there. The gate money would not be there at the stadium. I'm just saying, you know, I'm torn every time we talk about the salary structure because it is crazy. You can't connect to those amounts as a real person. Um, But yet I support it. So, you know what? I can't complain given the fact that I support them, notwithstanding that concern that I have. Yeah, The only thing that bothered me about it was the way that Tucker handled it. With his contract isn't up yet. It's not up until the end of next season. And he demanded that he get an extension by the end of the week or he was going to guarantee he walks when his contract's up. And doesn't that, isn't that a little, uh, I mean, you're under contract regardless. Is it really fair to demand more or you're going to not be happy with the organization? And isn't that kind of a little... uh, I don't know. That's arrogant. Puts, yeah, it's, it's arrogant. It puts it all in the the players. Flacco didn't do that. Flacco said, "Let's let's see how I perform this year, and if I'm worth the money, I actually want." Yeah, you know what? And it's an old economic theory. It goes back to supply and demand. How many great kickers are there in football? And when there's a limited supply, those individuals can demand the highest type salaries, or even come out of a year where they're not even due a contract renewal, and yet demand it. And, and if he was an average kicker, he could never even go there. And it's just like any, Manny Machado could do the same for the Orioles, if you think about it, right? He could say that he hasn't, but he could say that, and the Orioles would be just in a tough situation like the Ravens were for Tucker. All right. Well, speaking of supply and demand, let's switch over to the Orioles. There we go. Because there's definitely a demand for them to go out and get a starting pitch in. There's not much out there. And we've talked a lot about the farm system struggles. Do you think the Orioles can actually put something together to bring a pitcher in? I'm not. I'm not saying a, a top of the end pitcher. I'm saying I'd be happy with a number five, some guy that so Vance Worley doesn't have to pitch. Yeah, uh, you know that's such a difficult call because I thought um, Dylan Bundy and Worley this week would kind of solve that problem. We wouldn't even have to talk about it, but here we are talking about it. And we're talking about it because. Bundy looked good at times, but apparently there wasn't much on his fastball for them to knock it out of the park, what, three yeah. times? Yeah, outside the long ball, he did fine. Right. And he's ha- has a really good year. Worley's had a pretty good year, too, and yet yesterday he couldn't go five, so, and that's been a problem. So I say that thinking, gosh, maybe if we give them one more try, if they step up, then we can put the hold off the pedal to the metal on a trade. Because I still think of the Miller for who was the Orioles great pitcher, uh, the young pitcher we gave up for Miller, Hernandez, uh, Rodriguez, Rodriguez. Right, I think Rodriguez still has the potential to be really good. Um, he showed it again this past week when he came back to pitch off the disabled or being sent to the minors because he was very poor. I still lament that trade because you gave up someone who could benefit you for 10 years for just a run with someone who you couldn't sign again. If you can sign the guy, then my opinion might change on that. If you get a guy who's under contract for another year, then I say the Orioles ought to really seriously consider giving up a young uh, person. Uh, but I get concerned about that. Unless that guy is a is the one who, you, as soon as you hear his name, you say World Series uh, if we're talking iffy for World Series and we're giving up quality young starters or 
or players, potential good uh, starting players, I, I have concerns. We, we hear a lot of talk now about our farm system and our farm system being really, really bad and the worst in baseball. So I want to propose that because our farm system is so bad, at this point, we need to do whatever it takes to win and, is, and trade out whatever the other player, whatever the other teams want, that because our farm system's so poor, we better win this year or next year because we don't have any reserves coming up. True, and are you going to sign Trumbo again for another year? He's the leading home run hitter in baseball. Is he going to be like a, a Cruz for here one year and, and garners a huge salary the next, and, and we don't pay the piper at that point? So, yeah, I can understand that, that concern that this is the year and we're in first place um, and we're one of the better teams in baseball. I, I just uh, I think we're only talking about a number four or five starter, though, and, and that's the part that bothers me, to give up young players for a fourth or fifth starter. Yeah, but do you really see – I don't know. We've got – we've got, I don't really know who the other teams would like because I see a lot of stuff in our minor leagues that just came up and not worked. And I see a lot of outfielders who haven't worked out and first basemen that haven't worked out. And we've got a whole lot of catchers, but who knows the future of catcher in Baltimore? But it does seem like we got to win now if we're going to do something. We've had a lot of years of close, and that closeness has emptied out our farm system. So at some point, we got to just go all out. Yeah, I, I would not um, oppose, like, you throw in Henry, what's the guy's name, Eureta? Gone. Got DFA no, this morning. Forgot that one. Or Walker, who's still down there, who's the first Christian, baseman. Christian Walker, first baseman. They've been trying out in the outfield. Yeah. See, which I don't know is that that's because – well, that, obviously that's because we, we have first baseman up. taken care yeah. of and locked up. Right, exactly. So he's expendable in my book, even though he's very good. If you could package him with a couple of uh, pitchers, maybe you could get a, a second, third starter. Except that if you were trying to trade Walker, wouldn't he be on the team right now? Wouldn't you have caught him up as soon as – Kim went to the DL so that you can kind of show him off or do we not have stuff to show off so we're kind of hiding or behind behind yeah what know. ifs I don't know if we have that much to show off to be honest so I, I think um, I mean this team's gotten us this far uh, we're in mid-July and we're in first place it's just when you look at the playoffs starting pitcher so critical and 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 I tell you what the, my frustration even though he pitches good Gosman doesn't win and i know that's not his fault he kept it he kept the yankees to two runs i don't care he's you still lost it's I, not I, his fault it's I, not I his don't fault care. I don't if your care. team's this the orioles in the past five days have scored 10 runs guthrie was the oral pitcher who was one of those they call tough luck pitchers pitch great but never won yeah after a while you know you know i, I mean i'm not saying dump him of course he's, he's the future but he's got to start winning. You can't put any of this on Gossman. You can't expect yes. a shutout every time he gets on the mound. No, but, once but I in a tell while. you what, he's not a, a Steven Strasburg, and he should be close to that level in my book. We hyped him up so much in this city that he ought to be a shutdown pitcher instead of, what's he, one and seven? Do, do you really, he's one and seven. We also hyped up Matt Wieters. He he's never became seven. the guy we hyped up. Exactly. We hyped up Zach Britton, Brian Mattis, Jake Arrieta, 
every pitcher we've hyped up. You know, that Jack, Jake Arrieta, he was really good. Do you know that? Yeah, he's he was pretty really good, good. He was darn good. Yeah. <laughs> we hyped him up properly, except we never kept him. Final question. This weekend, yes. Saturday, is the State of the Orioles address, where season ticket holders get to go and ask questions to Buck and Dan. Now, of course, there's going to be lots of questions about um, about bringing in pitchers and making moves. And I'm sure there's still you're still going to have the bitter season ticket holders there asking about the Davis sign-in and still bringing up that waste of money. And do you wish you had that money elsewhere? Do you have any questions that you would ask them? Yeah, the only question I think I would ask, and looking a lot further out, is why aren't we this year, after the season ends, locking Machado up to a long, long-term contract? I think that would be the first question I ask. What steps are going to be taken this offseason to lock Machado up? Because his value is only going to get greater. We've all seen that. We've seen that with other players. The value only gets greater the longer you wait. So why wait? Bite the bullet. You know it's going to be really expensive, but you better do it now. His knees look like they're good to go. He's still producing really good. He's still really young. Um, Forget the hype uh, that the guy in the Washington Nats have. Um, Bryce Harper? Yeah, Bryce Harper. Forget that. Look at the stats between Harper, who gets all the publicity, and, and, and uh, Machado. Machado is a much better player. And, and so cut, the, cut to the chase. Sign a, a long-term contract with him. Give me a medium somewhere where he wants to be. And, and you know what? With Hardy ending his career here, Machado is going to be the heir apparent shortstop. If that's where he wants to go, you put him where he wants to go. You give him almost what he wants. And you make him happy because that is the future of Baltimore Orioles. It's going to be Machado being the link pen. Machado and Scope. Yeah. Yeah. They both get along really well. And um, and that's no dope. Yeah, you screwed it up a little bit, but uh, okay. Yeah. You're going with the Scope is dope. Yeah, there you go. Right. That's right. I'll play I, it into I it. I got you. All right. Well, thanks for doing the ball bag with us this week and playing no one died. Burt. No one died during this episode, so I don't have to talk about that. Not yet. Hopefully, we won't see you for the rest of the summer. Gee, thank you uh-huh. very much. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you. What do you know? We made it through another episode. Episode one seventy three is now wrapping up. I want to say thank you to Bert and Matt and Brian Pinter, and of course my dad for joining us today on the episode. In the next week or so, I'm working on another episode where I would like to hear stories of what made you become an Orioles fan. I'll share my story in a little more detail next week, but I want to get your stories as well. So if you'd like to share your story of becoming an O's fan with the rest of the 336ers in Birdland, send me a tweet. My Twitter is at Josh Soroka, or you can follow the show on at section 336 show give us follows go on itunes and give us reviews and uh whenever we have co-hosts like last week when we had Corey and ryan make sure you tweet at them and thank them for helping out with section 336 we'll i'll see you guys next week and until then go orioles Section 336 is an affiliate of 24-7 Networks. Find Section 336 on utahstreetreport.com. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. He won a Super Bowl. He did it really to a certain extent with that great arm of his. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback.